Hey guys, and welcome back to the Foots, Fans and Everything In Between podcast with me, Marcus Darwin. Jose Mourinho gets the boot, UEFA announced the new structure of the Champions League, oh, and the Super League was created and dismantled within 48 hours. So have a wee and get a drink, because it's time for some more Foots, Fans and Everything In Between. Today I've got a guest with me. It's a proud Liverpool fan. It's Ollie. Hi Ollie, how are you? Hi Marcus, I'm doing good. Now that the Super League's gone, what a disaster that was. I know, absolute shambles. Right, so there's a lot to get through in this episode. So I feel like it's right that we just go straight into it. And in case you guys have been living under a rock, we'll tell you everything that you need to know about the Super League. So, I've been following Sky Sports. They've been like my main outlet for all the news about the Super League. And I feel like Gary Neville was a huge part in in the huge uproar that happened with the Super League. Ollie, I feel like... Yeah, of course. It's nice seeing like a, like a professional pundit like that talking about... Yeah, exactly. we don't really see that. We don't see pundits really get involved with the club's, you know, the owners and stuff. They usually diss performances, but this time we've seen the the owners get personally attacked. I mean, they deserve yeah, it for exactly. what they've done. So, 12 of Europe's leading football clubs, including England's big six. I mean, Arsenal and Tottenham have managed to squeeze their way through, so I don't know how that happened have announced plans to launch a midweek European Super League ditching the Champions League. So, the traditional top six... Disgraceful. Yeah, it is. is, It's money. Greed and money. So, the traditional top six, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Tottenham, all agreed to join a breakaway Super League. Then Gary Neville issued a furious attack on the clubs involved... He said that the club should get massive fines, points deductions, and take the titles off them. Now, uh, taking the titles off them? I mean... uh, (laughs) It's a bit far, because, I mean, it was the players and the managers that worked for those titles, and it's nothing to do with the owners, so I don't think they should get punished for that. And people say, oh yes, but the owners threw the money at the club, but let's be realistic. I mean, the owners are tight. I'm spo- I, I'm speaking from mm. a Glazer point of view, the Manchester United owners, they're tight. They don't really want to throw money at anything. What they want to do is is make money so that they can invest it in their other things going on in America. That's my opinion. What do you feel about um, FSG with Liverpool? Do you think they're doing the same? I mean, FSG aren't as tight as the Glazers, I'd say. They've invested quite a lot of money okay. to transfers. And they've also invested quite a lot into the club, I'd say. So they've not been that they've not been bad in that area. But I mean, it's just they're only really in it for the money. It's more of an investment than they don't, like the owners have no yeah. real passion in the club. Yeah. That they're, they're only in it for a long term plan money. to make hundreds of millions, and then 
and then sell off when they yeah, when yeah. it's and suitable it's the same, for them. You know, with the Glazers, I think the Glazers have owned the club now for 12 years. And you go to Old Trafford and um, Manchester United actually owned quite a lot of the area around Old Trafford as well. But they've done nothing with it. It's literally just sh shrubs of plants. You know, they can actually make the area look nice and invest in the club. And one of the Glazer brothers actually went to one of the games a few years ago and sat in the box and had to ask the person sitting next to him what colour United were playing in. Uh, it's disgraceful. Disgrace. Disgrace. So, a statement announcing the intention of uh, joining the European Super League came out. And this is what it had to say. 12 of the twelve of Europe's leading football clubs have today come together to announce they have agreed to establish a new midweek competition, the Super League, governed by its founding clubs. AC Milan, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Juventus, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Real Madrid, Tottenham are all the founding clubs. It is anticipated that a further three clubs will join ahead of its inaugural season, which is intended to commence as soon as practicable. Now, that statement, I think it came out on Sunday. And that shocked, that shocked everyone. Yep. Because that was, you know, real... That was our first glimpse about what was about to happen. Yeah. Overall, I mean, there were a few rumours a few months ago about the Super League, but yeah. no one really took it serious. But then on Sunday, exactly. it just came out of nowhere. And you know, nine years ago, actually, uh, well, actually a bit more than nine years ago, 2009, so 11 years ago, uh, Wenger came out and said that it's inevitable that a Super League would happen because the teams would just think that the that the Champions League isn't generating enough money for them. And you know, that's predicted 11 years ago that the greed of owners is going to ruin the game at some point. So, the statement was released before the clubs confirmed they would join, but the Premier League issued a strong response after the statement. And this stated... The Premier League condemns any proposal that attacks the principles of open competition and sporting merit, which are at the heart of the domestic and European football pyramid. Fans of any club in England and across Europe can currently dream that their team may climb to the top and play against the best. We believe that the concept of a European Super League would destroy this dream. A European Super League would, will undermine the appeal of the whole game and have a deeply damaging impact on the immediate and future prospects of the Premier League and its member clubs and all those in football who rely on our funding and solidarity to prosper. Ollie, this comes out in the midst of a pandemic, the announcements of the Super League. Most clubs in the lower no. in the lower leagues are struggling to stay alive financially. It's as if the owners didn't even like research, put any research into it. I have exactly. no idea of the situation. You know, it was like tunnel vision. They don't even know. They don't even know that. They don't I even know, know the club they're invested it's in. Complete tunnel vision. It's greed and it's selfish and it's not what football's are about. You know, there was loads of banners by fans after all of this outrage. It was just like football, created by the poor, stolen by the rich. 
and it's true. You know, they, d they don't care about how many teams will go under. You know, we had a quote from another Big Six um, owner saying, our first job is to make as much profit as possible. Our second job is to then care about the game. So, you know, it's... I mean, that mentality works in America, but it would never But work in America, in you've football. got no concept of promotion and relegation. You've... Yeah, exactly. all franchises. Which is exactly what this was turning them into. Literally a franchise. So... Yeah, just turning them to soulless club. Just exactly. made to make money. And I mean, Neville... Gary Neville, he came out um, during Manchester United's game with, who did we play over the weekend? Uh, Burnley. And he said, I can't focus on the game. They should deduct points from all six teams that have signed up. Deduct points off them all. To do it during a season, it's a joke. That That's another thing. You know, they could have at least waited till summer you know, when the season was ended, but they've done it right in the middle. It's like, how much do you want to disrupt the game? You know, you've got teams, exactly. you know, maybe in a relegation battle in League One, League Two, promotion battle, League One, League Two, con trying to concentrate on performing the best this season. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, what's the point of playing when, you know, in six months we could just be bust? We won't have any money. It's also like West Ham, for example. West Ham and Leicester. What's the point of us trying to compete and challenge for the top four? You know? Uh, all the big teams aren't going to be in the yep. Champions League. It's literally just going to be the Europa League. Well, even the Europa League has some of these super teams in it. So, I really don't know. And why, why aren't West Ham and Leicester exactly. considered big teams? Why did Arsenal and Tottenham, who are, who are worse than them in the league and have been struggling for exactly. recent years, why, why do they consider themselves the big teams and Leicester and West Ham, who are doing even family. better, Cronky don't family deserve to go into the... That's, that's what it is. So, you know, um, after the game, uh, Keane and Richards shared their thoughts and Keen's, uh, Richard sorry, said, what happens to the fans? They're just forgotten about for the sake of money. And it's, it's completely true. You know, the teams could have at least sort of asked the fans what they thought about it. You know, run, an, in, run a Twitter poll. It's really not that hard. Just to run a Twitter poll and say, what do you think about this? But... No, and I feel like, you know, even some of the teams involved were misinformed about what was actually happening. Because I feel like it was all, in my opinion, Florentino Perez's fault. I can't blame it all on him because, of course, you know, you've got uh, Juve's uh, chairman. He was one of the vice chairman of the league. You've got the Glaze, Joel Glazer. He was one of the vice chairmen. Um What's that guy called from um, LSG or FSG, whatever it's called? John Henry, John he was Henry. on the board. And I think Kronk, Kronky, he was also on the board. Mm. So, I mean, what? I, uh, okay, 
Chelsea and City, Inter Milan, AC Milan, you know, they all joined up to it. But if anything, they really, I don't know, they don't, they're not as, they're not to blame as much as the Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Juventus. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's a fair point, but I mean, this would have been planned for oh. months before. Oh yeah, they announced but it. the fact that you've got the nerve to even declare yourself as one of the chairman—that's that's not right. Mm. Yeah, I felt like Man City and Chelsea—they only joined it because the other clubs were joining. Yeah, and maybe that's the same for Tottenham. But I feel actually the reason for Tottenham is—you know how tight Daniel Levy is. Mm. You've got the feeling that maybe, you know, Tottenham are probably the team with the least money out of the traditional top six. So I see from Tottenham's point of view, this was a great way to sort of be able to come up to the, like, you know, have the same financial profile as the other five teams. But... At the same time saying that, you know, they've just built a brand new training ground and a stadium. So, I don't know. So then, after that, Jamie Carragher came out and he said this. What an embarrassment we've become. This was a tweet, so he then uh, tagged Liverpool Football Club and said, Think of all the people who have come before us at this club who would be equally embarrassed as well. Hashtag Super League. Ollie, what are your thoughts on Jamie Carragher's whole involvement over the situation? I think he should have um, should have been more anti-Super League. I mean, he should have been on the same level as Gary Neville, to be honest. he was as mainstream with his ideas and... Mm. He should, have, he should have taken it further, to be honest. I mean, the situation for him yeah. and Neville yeah, were the same. Yeah, it's true. I think maybe Neville, because uh, Neville is involved with um, a project to try and get, you know, the, the 50 plus one ownership rule. Mm. So I think Neville actually felt very hurt by what was going on. Whereas Carragher, maybe he didn't. He obviously didn't like it, but he didn't have the same. You know, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't targeted. Impassion. Like Gary Neville was. Mm. So then UEFA came out and said this: every club and player participating in the Super League could be banned from all UEFA and FIFA competitions, European or international. And that was uh, UEFA's position on the clubs who joined the Super League. And that was according to Fabrizio Romano, who we all know is very trustworthy. So, Oli, now you've got a situation where, you know, all your big players, they're probably going to leave your club because who doesn't want to win the World Cup? Who doesn't want to win the Euros? Yeah, I mean, who doesn't, doesn't want to play for their exactly. national team and who wants to who wants to get kicked out of every other competition exactly. except it's, the Super League? So now you've got a point where 
okay, the the owners of these clubs are saying, look, it's so good. We're going to be playing amazing teams every, you know, probably every third week because they wouldn't have had that many teams in the competition. And then it's like, okay, but first of all, when you play, when you play those games regularly, they don't become special games anymore. Yeah, big games are, are big because they don't happen often in the season. Exactly. It's only once or twice a season. Like the... And and big European matches, like there's no guarantee of when you'll play exactly. against the other big teams. Exactly, it could be, you know, six years between uh, an El Clasico final or a Liverpool Manchester United semi final game, for example. There's no guarantee, but with this, there's a guarantee that you you are going to play that team at least twice that season which is the worst thing so that's the first point but now you've also got but they're not going to be big games anymore because your big players have gone you know you've probably driven at least half your fan base away and yeah should be yeah. more than that there shouldn't be half a fan yeah, exactly. base still watching but there are some people who you know the fake fans like the man united Chinese fans, for example, or the Chelsea yeah. Russian fans or whatever. But then you've also got, you know, not only have you driven away your coaching staff and your players, so that makes, that dilutes the importance of big games, but also you're playing them every week, so they're not important. And after a while, you're just not going to get the same amount of viewers. And... I think the worst thing is, is that every season it will be the exact same thing. You know, the same teams all the time. Yeah. No, no variety, nothing. And worst thing is the stadiums, like yeah. in person. No one's going to, there's going to be a boycott yeah. for it, surely. No one's going to go to those exactly. matches. So then that was all within about 24 hours. Then we move on to... Uh, Monday or was it tomorrow? Yesterday? No, it was yesterday. The twentieth of April. Last night, Chelsea fans went around the stadium and blocked the team bus from getting in. They they stopped Good. it and they delayed. They they had, I think they delayed kickoff, and Petr Cech came out the bus. And was telling everybody to get out the way. Get out the way. I know you're angry, so am I. But this is this is not the way to, to go about it. You know? And, you know, literally before the game kicked off, Chelsea had announced that they're going to leave the... Um, they're going to leave the Super League. And I remember at this point, we were all celebrating. We were very happy about it. And then, soon after, City had also said that they were going to leave. So all of a sudden, you've got... Hang on, what's going on here? Well, you've got to look a couple of hours before when there was a Premier League meeting beyond uh, with teams. But the top six teams, you know, the traditional six, they were left out. And it was the 14 remaining clubs. And they voted, and quote-unquote, by Sky Sports News, unanimously and vigorously... 
against the Super League. So then you've got a point where, you know, the Premier League are going to do something about it. The government got involved with the 50 plus one thing, the same thing as they have in Germany, where the fans own 51% of the club. And they were talking about, you know, stop that the government will stop paying for the policing at games. You know how much p- policing that the government pays for? That will that will be a huge loss for the big teams, and they'll be struck financially. Not only this, but you had the Liverpool fan base taking away the banners from inside the stadium. You had City fan base hanging up banners saying, like, um, you know, 2008 or whatever, the, the oil money came into 2021, like Rip City. You have all these fans saying that their club has died. You have people saying football has died. So then, uh, later on, City had left the Super League. Then an emergency meeting was called with the Super League teams. And after that meeting, Ed Woodward... The che- Edward Woodward, the chief, the, the chief executive <laughs> of Manchester United, resigned. Then, uh, the chief ex- executive of Juventus also resigned. Then, all the top six clubs left the Super League. That was it for the night. This morning, AC Milan left the Super League. Atletico Madrid left the Super League. Inter Milan left the Super League. There's three teams left in the Super League. Juventus, Real Madrid and Barcelona. So it literally... It it came up and crashed down. Now, Oli, throughout today... We've had... Apologies from... Every every owner that was involved, every like the clubs all released statements. I'm gonna start with you. Uh, you watched the Liverpool state the Liverpool apology. What did you think about it? Not enough. FSG still need to go out. I mean, it's, it's what's expected. It's just generic apology. Do you, do you think it was sort of I mean, like? He probably a false didn't even YouTuber apology sort of video. Yeah, it reminded me of Jake's Paul apology after yeah. the thing in Japan. I mean, he probably didn't even write it himself. He didn't yeah. sound like he meaned it, and people are actually convinced by it, which is is taking the piss. I mean, how can you be convinced by that? People saying that if what is it FSG? That's the company, right? If they buy yep. Mbappe, then they'll be forgiven. I mean, these aren't proper these fans who are saying fans. that. These are the only fans that watch because Liverpool are doing well at the moment. Because they've yeah, got big I name was... players. Because they're, they're yeah, winning yeah, trophies. Yeah. I was watching uh, Pratt Bridge, Goldbridge, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Goat Bridge, as I like to call him. Um... I was watching him and he was saying, you know, there is delusional fans out there who are going to 
you know, if we sign Haaland, if we re-sign Ronaldo, who are going to forgive the Glazers for what they've done. And then he said, how can a real football fan of any team forgive their owners for trying to demolish their team? That, you know, break the very foundations that made the football club who they are. Yeah, like how have some people just you know one of the most iconic. Happened? I mean, that was one two of the most days iconic ago. Iconic moments in Liverpool's history, Istanbul, or you know um, that night in Barcelona, Man United's that night in Bayern Munich, the treble. What what is the what what would the treble be? The Premier League, the FA Cup, and the J.P. Morgan's Trophy. Like seriously. Um. So it, it's appalling. And I know Cronky came out. I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly, but Cronky, uh, he came out with an apology. Um, the Roman Abramovich, he came out with an apology. Glazer, he wrote a letter apologizing. Oh my God, Ollie. It was. I don't even think he's even read the letter. Honestly. He's probably got, he's got someone he's to write like it for him. I think he's gone on like a com and just gone, oh, mate, yeah. I've sort of ruined football for a lot of people. He just sent like a sincere apology and make it sound really, really, really good so pe- people feel sympathetic. Cheers. Oh, and say that I'm going to spend a lot of money in the summer. Thanks. Because, uh, you know... And at the bottom of this, and this isn't the first time that I've seen this from um, one of the these statements, was that I, I actually want to find it. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to read it. Because it was, honest to God, it at the bottom, it shocked me. It said, we're still working very hard to try and find a way so that European football can be revived. And we understand that the Super League won't be the way to go about it. I'm actually, I'm just going to search it up here. And... You're talking about what Florentino uh, Perez says? Glazer has said this as well. Joel Glazer. um, I've got it here. I'll read the whole statement. It's not that long. To all Manchester United supporters, over the past few days, we've all witnessed the great passion which football generates and the deep loyalty our fans have for this great club. What what colour kit do we play in, Joel? Honestly. You made very clear your opposition to the European Super League and we have listened. We got it wrong and we want to show that we can put things right, aka spending money. Although the wounds are raw and I understand that it will take time for the scars to heal, I am personally committed to rebuilding trust with our fans and learning from the message you delivered with such conviction. Mate, you come to watch a game at Old Trafford, you're probably going to get slaughtered. We continue to believe that European football needs to become more sustainable throughout the pyramid for the long term. However, we fully accept the Super League was not the right right way to go about it. 
In seeking to create a more stable foundation for the game, we failed to show enough respect for its deep-rooted traditions. Promotion, relegation, the pyramid. And for that, we are sorry. Oli. The only traditions they talk about is the pyramid and promotion and relegation. Not not the fans or anything. Can you believe this? He then goes on to say, Manchester United has a rich heritage and we recognise our responsibility to live up to its great traditions and values. The pandemic has thrown up so many unique challenges and we are proud of the way Manchester United and its fans from Manchester and around the world have reacted to the enormous pressures during this period. Where's Manchester, Joel? Where's Manchester? Go on. We also realise that we need to better communicate with you, our fans, because you will always be at the heart of our club. In the background, you can be sure that we will be taking the necessary steps to rebuild relationships with the other stakeholders across the game with a view to working together on solutions to the long-term challenges facing the football pyramid. Kid, Ollie, there's a, there's, a, there's a theme going on through this. It, they've got it somewhere in their heads that there's a long-term challenge facing the football pyramid. I mean, if they're judging that based off coronavirus, I, I know. mean, it then football's eventually going to recover, isn't it? I know. Once you get people and I back tell you, stadiums. I think football will be better than ever when fans get back into the stadiums because of how much we missed it. Yeah, of course. It, he then finishes the letter by saying, right now, our priority is to continue to support all of our teams as they push for the strongest possible finish to the season. In closing, I would like to recognise that it is your support which makes this club so great. And we thank you for that. With best regards, Joel Glazer. What an absolute toss pot. Honestly. I I I was fuming when I read that. That was not sincere at all. And I feel like that was a recurring theme throughout the whole all of the statements. Right, so Ollie, I'm gonna hit you with a question now. Mm-hmm. You are the Premier League. What sanctions would you impose on those teams involved? Initially, I thought relegation, but from the Premier League's point of view, I'm not sure if that's a really good idea. Because having the top six teams in the Championship will lose the Premier League a lot of money. Yeah, and. Like, realistic sanctions have, have to be. Um, yeah. transfer bans, point deductions, things that like are big but not as big as relegation. Yeah, and even you know, maybe stuff like, could you could you reduce the fan capacity? No. No, 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 no. That's it's probably the worst thing you could do. I mean, you have got to punish the owners, yeah, not the fans. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. I see what you do, but the fans are the ones making the owners money in the end of the day. Well, you can't punish the fans. Yeah. You just can't. What about just like massive fines? Like two billion Yeah, fine the owners. Uh, I don't know if you can justify a fine that big, but sure, do it. I don't care. I mean, look, the only problem I see with relegation is the fact that teams like Tottenham and Arsenal will never get out of the championship. That's the only problem. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point. Okay, 
And if you are UEFA, what do you do? Do you welcome the teams back straight away? Or do you only let Chelsea and City in? Or what do you do? Well, I mean, you've got no choice, but you have to. I mean, UEFA aren't the good guys just because the Super League were worse than them. Don't forget, UEFA just oh, yeah. want money as well. They're no, they're no different. And speaking about UEFA, uh, they've announced this new format that's coming together in 2024. And I, I've only managed to just look at the format this morning after all this Super League stuff died down. And it hit me. It is, it is just like a, a more competitive Super League. I mean... Yeah, I mean, the f- there's nothing wrong with the format now. Exactly. Why has they've it got to change? made it into a league table. And you know what it means? You know how every team, like, you hear so many complaints that the football calendar is so, so tight and a lot of players are getting injured because it's so close together. Yeah, it's going to make it you know even more tight. how many extra games it's going to add? Champions League games a year, uh, in a season. 100 more Champions League games a season. 100 more. What? Not even possible. Because of all the oh. like um, extra games, because there's extra teams coming in, and there's going to be like a playoff. There's going to be a playoff system to go into the group stage if you don't finish in the top, however many it is in the in the league table. And yeah, uh, there's no way it's already been through. It's been it's after been the Super League. No. It's going to be protested, just like the Super League was. Super yeah, League was confirmed as well. And here's look the how conspiracy. It was announced only hours before the Super League was announced. Some people suggest, I don't think it's true, but some people think that UEFA have planned the have told the, these teams to do this to distract people from the reforms of the Champions League. What do you, what do you think of those uh, statements? UEFA would never throw away money just for some crap trick that's not going to fool fair anyone. Enough. Only the idiots will think that. I mean, fair enough, fair enough. Right, and with that, Ollie, that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for joining. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome, and thank you guys for listening. And until next time, adios.